Welcome to RIBA's Road to Recovery podcast series, a chance to peek behind the net curtains of a host of architects' practices across the country to sneak into their lockdown worlds and hear their personal experiences of and responses to COVID-19. There's so many challenges. It's such a huge package of things that you have to be able to do. Take that time to look after yourself. You can't be a good leader if you're not looking after yourself, if you're not dealing with your own mental health and and making sure you're in a healthy place. If I focus on the things that I can control rather than the things that I can't control, then I think to myself, okay, I've got the power to make change one little bit at a time. Meet Jane Duncan from Jane Duncan Architects Limited, Sean Peacock from Stride Triglawan and Priya Ayer from Mace. So I'm going to kick off with you, Jane. What specifically about architecture is it, do you think, that affects mental health? I think absolutely everything about architecture affects mental health, to be honest. It's an extremely challenging, difficult profession where if you're not a natural optimist, you're going to find it very difficult to get through, I think. There's so many challenges. It's such a huge package of things that you have to be able to do to not just be a creative designer and work with your team to come up with the best brief and then solution for your client but you've actually also got to deal with a lot of people who don't necessarily agree with what you say and it gets more and more stressful as things go through and you've got to keep things on time and on budget and particularly at the smaller end of the scale which I'm at I'm a medium-sized practice You have to be in control of so many things. You can't drop a plate on one single aspect. And Sean, what are your thoughts? Mental health, for the most part, is that kind of continuum, isn't it, about all the balancing acts of our projects and our deadlines and our teams, but also a sense of personal accomplishment and pride in the work that architects do. So the idea that they're striving to produce a great space or environment or building for people to live and occupy. So there's real pressure on them to get that bit right. But it's also a sense of personal pride in that project. So if things start going awry or things aren't working, it can put real pressure on you. It can put real pressure on how you want to respond to that. And, you know, when we talk about things like stress and mental health and resilience, we can work towards those things. But actually, it's, it's always a balancing act. And Priya, what are your thoughts? We don't get taught about time management. We don't get taught about preparing for crits, which are presentations and having those presentation skills and that confidence. I think soft skills are very important. Um, and I think when we don't have control of that, then we almost feel out of control and that can lead to a lot of anxiety. And Jane, the ambition to produce beautiful architecture has some consequences as well. It's part of our makeup. It's the way we're educated, actually, is not to get things to the point where they're okay. You've got to take it that much further. The, the whole of the training is, is about making something fantastic. It doesn't necessarily have to be beautiful. That's what we all strive for. The point is it has to do what your client needs it to do, whatever that may be. And that starts when you're a student. You're encouraged to keep going and look for more and more and more solutions, even if you may have found a jolly good one to start with. But then you take that through into your life as a working architect and you're always trying to do more, which means that it's incredibly difficult to do a good project within the time allotted by the resources. That's a very stressful situation. And Sean, what's been particular about the lockdown situation, do you think? I think 
there's that sense of camaraderie about being in your own office space, first of all. So you've got a support mechanism around you. It doesn't matter if it's a small practice or a big practice. The people around you, the people you come to rely on day in, day out for advice and guidance, you can't see them. That kind of being there and being present in the moment, uh, one of our directors refers to as being in the room, but he means it metaphorically as well as physically. And I think that has a compounding effect alongside other juggling responsibilities. So for a lot of our colleagues, it's things like care responsibilities, both elderly parents who might be in a lockdown situation or medical needs, along with children and doing homeschooling and being an architect and homeschooling and teaching multiplications and things like that, or designing buildings is really tough. But also the unknown. Right now, the unknown and where is it going to take us? And particularly the early stages. There are a lot of things coming out of central government about what's happening. And they were looking to our senior management team, the board in our business and saying, what are we going to do? And starting from the very beginning, it was dealing with those who had the immediacy of having to work from home. So those who had to shield and those who had care responsibilities, we prioritised and dealt with. Also things like site visits and things and making sure those people were safe. And then the board came to an idea of communication. So almost daily communication initially, and then it's weekly communication now, where we're telling people everything about our finances, our project, technology, HR, and delivery of work, and ensuring that the chairman or managing director every week is sending out communication so people know. We've also been running, along with REBA and the Architectural Benevolent Fund, we're quite lucky one of my colleagues, Nicola Rich, has been doing Managing a Part, a workshop, which is about helping team leaders cope with this as well. So how are they coping with this and how do they manage? Because usually manage through presenteeism, the idea that we see people, so they must be doing some work, right? So if I can't see them anymore, how am I going to manage them? So we've been doing lots of workshops around things like that. And Priya, how has the support been for you during lockdown? I only qualified as an architect in 2018. I'm at that stage where I'm starting to lead projects. I'm project architect for a few projects and I need that kind of guidance in terms of, okay, how do I manage a team? How do I deal with the different stages of a project? And at the same time, I'm also training to become a line manager myself. So actually supporting the the next generation of you know architectural assistants and supervising them and that's why I think I agree completely with what Sean is saying is communication is key so I have weekly meetings with my line manager and we're looking at what is my short and long-term goals so and I'm working on this particular project what stages do I need support with or maybe long-term hopefully pending COVID do I get to go on site and we're just trying to just plan ahead. And what is it that you've been doing personally to support your own mental well-being? So for me I do think that physical activity and mental activity go hand in hand so in order for me to be productive and for my concentration and my stamina to be improved I very much believe in doing exercise so I always get into a routine where I've got I've got a to-do list of what I need to do each day in terms of my tasks at work and then I finish at you know 5 6 o'clock and it's a culture where they don't expect you to work late so I log off at that time and one of my favorite activities is boxing so I'll be doing boxing probably about three or four times a week amongst other activities and I think that is such a good stress reliever because it, whether it's people or whether it's situations you could just punch the air and just pretend that it's it's gone I got to look at what I can control if I focus on the things that I can control rather than the things that I can't control then I think to myself okay I've got the power to make change one little bit at a time and Jane what are you doing personally Actually, it's very interesting listening to how companies are dealing with this and allowing people to be themselves through lockdown obviously our company is very much smaller but I think to keep really the real concerns at bay there are two different sorts of things that I think I need to do one is plan I think obviously you've got a small business you've got to plan and you've got to be able to help other people and know they're happy because you can't be happy yourself if if you have an unhappy staff um so we do a lot of resource planning we let people know exactly what they're doing 
this week, next week, next month. So they can see there's work to keep them going. And we do a lot of social activities. We have a lot of fun every Friday night. We have a get together and do silly things. I won't tell you what they are. Oh, go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, they're, they're sort of mi- the milder things that everybody's got to bring a joke or wear a silly hat or those sort of things. So it just it just brings everybody together. Um, but personally, there are, there are two different things that I do. Um, one of them, like Priya, I'm very, very keen on uh, letting out any stresses or tensions. The other side of it is very calming. I have a garden and I've been growing vegetables for England. And for me, growing stuff is probably the most calm thing. But one of the nice things is not necessarily for the seniors in the practice, but for everybody else, we cut their working hours. So we said to people, let's be realistic. You need to have some calming off, calming time. So we're only going to expect you to do six hours a day. And um, I think that does help. People don't expect that you've got to squeeze in nine hours of work in a day and still be productive. And I think people can be productive but I don't think you can expect the same from them when everything else is stressful around them. And Sean is there anything that you've learned in lockdown that you're going to take back into practice in support of mental health? I think Jane just echoed a really important point which is about how do we manage and lead people during this time and part of that is about that flexibility and understanding and understanding of people's circumstances and understanding of the hours they work. So early on when we were still in the office but we could see this you know, we were going to be working from home we were talking instead of worrying about worrying about hours that people were doing it was about what is the quality there and are we you know hitting our deadlines the means we get there not forcing people to work hundreds of hours to achieve that you know if they're working long hours we need to deal with it but you know we have core hours between uh, the hours of 10 and 4 where people could work either side but we just kind of went well that kind of went out the window for, for some people with childcare arrangements and things so they, they spread their hours and we've I think there's that concept of trust isn't there during this situation so I think the things we've taken away from it is about trust I think an area that we still have to work on and I think be fair our team leaders say this is it's about investing in that leadership and development and how we manage remotely going forward because even if we go back to the offices our employees have said really they would like to maybe work two three days a week from home and maybe pop into the office and do something important like a meeting or a meeting of clients or working around a model together so we see the future of work changing in our offices and how do we equip people to deal with that in the future and and therefore impact their mental health so they know they can have that time at home and they can be flexible but they also know they can pop into the office when they need to. And it's really interesting that the other panel members talk about their own, how they're managing and managing their own mental health. And again, it's equipping people and reminding people it's okay to take holiday. It's okay to take leave. Don't work yourself out. You know, all those things are important, reflecting those messages back to people. Take that time, you know, look after yourself. And, and actually, it's something that's really important that James said, and it's important that our senior leaders here, and it's take that time to look after yourself. You can't be a good leader if you're not looking after yourself, if you're not dealing with your own mental health and, and making sure you're in a healthy place. How can you help others? So it's also, so I think we've reflected a lot on that as a business recently. And-, and Priya, do you think there's anything that the profession as a whole should be doing to support this? Yeah, so we actually did some workshops with the RABA um, and the Architects Benevolent Society, I think last year and the year before, actually, where we went to universities and actually delivering those workshops about how to manage stress and actually them being delivered by behavioural therapists or actually being delivered by psychologists. And I think just to have that different kind of perspective that it's okay to have sleep, <laughs> particularly in the studio culture at university. So the benefits of sleep and what it can really do for your long-term health. You know, these, these are things that we should just be aware of as human nature, but I think sometimes it needs to be reinforced. So I think it does start from education, but then also when you come into the industry as a whole, I put my diversity and inclusion hat on as well, because there's also this talk, especially this year with death of George Floyd and everyone talking about Black Lives Matter and the whole kind of anti-racism topic that's coming up 
up. That's also affected a lot of people's mental health as well, because seeing that on the news has disturbed a lot of people and has made people feel probably a bit insecure about their job security or maybe about, am I really going to progress in my company? Am I really going to progress to be that senior leader that I've always wanted to be? So it's just making sure that everyone can feel their authentic self and no one feels left out. So if there's someone or even someone in your practice who's not feeling great, you can tell is not their usual self and is feeling down and is feeling obviously it's affecting their work or it's affecting their mood and it's affecting yeah just everything in their life then just support them and even if you can't relate to them just be empathetic and just lend an ear and I'm and you know obviously Jane and Sean are great examples of people who really do support their practices but I think other people can follow suit other people can learn from these positive case studies and the more we can have that domino effect in the industry the better. Jane Duncan, Sean Peacock, And Priya Ayer, thank you so much for taking part in this RIBA Road to Recovery podcast series. 